Well, if only they played in the AL Central, Kevin. Be nice. Be nice, Jeffrey. Come on. Be nice. What are they? Twelve and five against the Central. After tonight's four-three uh, win over the Chicago White Sox. Numbers to call as always, 416-870-0590, star 590, 1-888-666-0590. It is Blue Jays Talk. I am Jeff Blair. Kevin Barker alongside me in spirit, if not necessarily uh, not necessarily physically. Kevin, what was Joe Kelly doing? That's a great Throwing question. that pitch, throwing that, uh, that hanging slider to Vladdy? a great question after throwing 101 with run in on Vladdy's hands I mean you could see the the reaction that Vladdy had was like boy I better get it going or I'm going to try and lay off that I mean he gets it close he gets him out but give Vladdy credit right it's keeping the front side in it's not chasing the 101 in right that allows you to get to the two two one hanging slider give him credit right he went a little back leg city that is a true back leg city, right? He's keeping his weight on the backside. He's got a little loft in his barrel, which is what you need to get the slider in the air. Give him credit. Stayed inside of baseball. Only thing I can say for all the Jays fans who have wanted to say this all year, it's about time. Well, there's not much doubt it was uh, Vladdy's fourth career go-ahead home run in the seventh inning or later, and after being swept by the Boston Red Sox at home and uh, having an off day, starting what should be. Nothing's easy for this team this year, but you would have to think that a three-game series against the White Sox and a three-game series against the Tigers, that's a pretty easy way to go into the All-Star break if you are the Blue Jays. Boy, you'd think so, but Jeff, they scored four runs. They, they scored four runs against one of the worst teams in the American League, if not baseball. Like, yeah, a decent pitcher, though. Lucas Giolito is not, you know, you're scoring four runs against a bad team. But Lucas Giolito is a pretty good pitcher. I, I, okay. I mean, if that's the that's Well, you the don't think he is. Wanna, that's, that's well, I'm not go. saying. I mean, yeah, it's, not a, like the Jays, a, it's not like the Jays hitters – it's not like the Jays hitters beat the White Sox hitters. All you can do, all you can do is face the pitcher you're facing that day. It doesn't matter if the White Sox are a bad team or not. They only got three runs. Doesn't matter if they're a bad team. That was a good pitcher the Jays beat. I mean, you don't think? Like, I mean, we well, I mean, we're at, at this point we can't be that picky. At this point, it's all about results. There you go. We got 44 more wins to get to 90. How's that? I'm with you, Jeff. I'm in your camp now. You persuaded me. I'm just not interested. I'm not interested. I don't care. I'm not interested in brownie points. Beat teams. I don't care if it's. I don't care if you rattle off 15 one nothing wins in a row. I don't give a rat's. You know what? Just win the games. I don't care how you do it. I don't care who the hero is. I don't care how the start. Just win games. That's what it's all about. Four three. The Jays winning tonight. Vladdy Jr. with a two run home run. Whit Merrifield, two-hit Whit, living up to his name, uh, including a two-run double that uh, broke open. I mean, I don't know if I call it. Let's be clear. I don't know if I call it a pitcher's duel, but Chris Bassett and Lucas Giolito both went at it pretty well. Um, and uh, 
timely, uh, Luis Robert Jr. hitting a three-run home run off of Chris Bassett to uh, for for the White Sox to give them the lead at three-two uh, before Vladdy came up. And uh, you know, yeah, listen, it's um, you know, as I, as I said, it's the White Sox aren't a bad team, or the White Sox aren't a good team, but Lucas Giolito's a good pitcher. And the Jays beat a good pitcher tonight. And, um, of course, it was a, a day of news on the Blue Jays' front. Um, John Schneider, the Blue Jays' manager, I think sur- surprising almost all of us by announcing before the game that Alec Manoa was going to start against the Detroit Tigers on Friday. Um, you know, I, a couple of things I thought about after that, Kevin. We'll take the callers. I want the callers' point of view on, on this as well about, about Alec Manoa. If you start, I, if you start Alec Manoa on Friday with the All Star break com, coming up, um, I'm wondering if maybe the plan here isn't start him on Friday, send him out again so he can start in the minors one more time, and then bring him back up the next time you have a major league start because you don't need if Alec Manoa pitches Friday, you, you know you don't have to. I mean, I guess you could go back with him on Friday when the season resumes again, or you could just let him have another run, another turn, and then bring him up in, in, in the next start. I mean, either way, I think we've kind of decided it's – you might as well like, – I, I, I thought about this coming home tonight. you got to know what you have, I think, in Alec Manoa going into the trade deadline. I always bought I, – I bought into the argument that, you know what, you just approach the trade deadline as if you're going to need another starting pitcher. Go out and try to add that starting pitcher. And then if Alec Manoa comes back, that's great. Then you've got a little more depth. But it appears as if the word in Hyunjin Ryu is a lot more optimistic than people may have initially thought. So I don't know, Kevin, maybe this is a chance to get a read on Alec Manoa. I mean, if Alec Manoa can't compete against the Detroit Tigers, then I think we have our answer. And I'm, yeah, not, certain, that, I'm not certain it's going to do any damage one way or another having him up. Yeah, I'm not sure they're going to send him down. I mean, he, after the, the year he's been through, I don't I don't. That'd be a tough sell mentally. Well, no, it's just to go down and get another start because there's no yeah, start not, available maybe. for you with the All Star break. Yeah, maybe. maybe. I mean, it's I, been done again, before. I'm I'm sure it depends on how his start goes in Detroit. Look, it, they they seem to think that he can command a fastball arm side. He can do it with a sinker. He can elevate a four seamer to a lefty. He can throw a slider for strike one. He can throw an eliminating slider to a right handed hitter. If he can do all those things, I don't care if it's Detroit or not. That seems to be when he's at his best. If they think he can do that and repeat delivery, that's a big deal, right? Conditioning, throwing program, all those things that he was working on when he went down there. They think he can repeat delivery. You know, you go through the little hiccups that you don't throw one where you want it to go. You self-correct on the mound. They think he can do it. Call him up. Find out. I'm with you. I think that's – it seems like they think they know where they where he's at and – that he can be able to do all those things. Oh, we're rooting for him. Either right? that or it's a cl- either that or it's a colossal mistake and it's going to kill his career. One of the two. Yeah. Uh, only time will tell, I guess. <laughs> Go to Cole in East York. What's up, Cole? You want to uh, you want to step up and defend Vladdy? I think you're the first caller this year to do that. So welcome. <laughs> I feel like I've been the first person to do that all year on the Blue Jays Center page that I, that I'm on, but. Uh, yeah, I want to talk about the fact that there's a lot of blame to be thrown around this year for the Jays. Obviously, we're not meeting expectations, but it seems like that is unquestionably, undeservingly going towards Vladdy for a guy that is an 800 OPS hitter and our best hitter with runners in scoring position. What's our biggest problem this year? Runners in scoring position. Who's one of our best hitters with an 878 OPS? Vladimir Guerrero Jr. He's amongst the team leaders in home runs, and he's by far 
been one of our most consistent hitters when it comes to clutch moments this year. Him and Bo Bichette. So I feel like the blame for Vladdy when there's a lot of other problems going on on this team, like the fact that this bullpen has never been constructed for a postseason run, the fact that the bottom of the lineup has never been constructed for a postseason run, and until this year, the rotation had always missing an extra couple guys at the back end of it until this year. And then, of course, this being the year that Alec Manoa goes down uh, to start the year. So I, I always felt that the deserving blame for Vladdy was, in my opinion, lazy. It was a lazy way of looking at things. In baseball, a star player can only have so much effect. So even if Vladdy was a 900 OPS hitter, we're probably only talking about an extra win or two from the, from this team total because then his war is probably only like a 2.5. Kevin, I'll turn it over to you. I think Vladdy's been a disappointment. <laughs> uh, <laughs> well, thanks for the call. Look, I, I think coming into the season, uh, I, I'm probably Vladdy's biggest fan just because I used to try and do no, what I think he Cole's does. His biggest and, fan. Uh, it seems like it. I think we're tied. He, what we saw tonight, right, is taking 101 in. It's getting the slider away on a 2-1 pitch and hitting it where he hit it, right? It's it's sometimes that's what you want to see more often. It's like the Otanis who have 31 homers. It's like Matt Olson who's got 28 homers. It's like Pete Alonso who's got 25. Luis Roberts Jr. has got 25. That, I think, is the disappointment. That's where Vladdy needed to be this year, at least early in the season, to get this team where they ultimately wanted to go. I'm not saying he's a disappointment, but I think he could do better, right? That's that as makes long him a as disappointment. Went, that as long as he went at the in at home a hitting homers, like disappointment's strong. He's got some catching up to do. How's that? Why has he got catching up to do? Again, I just told you. The people well, that are on the, the dudes that are on really good teams hitting homers, helping their team win baseball games, they're a big part of it because of what they're doing offensively. Disappointment's a bit strong, but he could do some catching up. You're not gonna I'm talk not, me into you're not gonna talk me into saying he's a disappointment. You're gonna keep trying, but you're not gonna do it. No, I'm looking at weighted runs created plus. He's fifty third in baseball. Um, that's not very good. That that's certainly not. Uh, let me rephrase that. That's certainly not MVP caliber. Um, I don't think anybody could say that. Yeah, I, I listen. I don't know. I, you know, I, Vladdy's not entirely to, entirely to blame, but in terms of this team's offense, I think he shoulders most of the blame. I really do, and I don't have any problem. I don't have any problem saying that. Thirty second um, total bases too, which is a big. That's deal for really good hitters. It's yeah. not very good. This it's is what I good. said. He's got some. I mean, we can sit here and talk about his. We we, we can sit here and you know talk about his his batting average with runners in scoring position, which is a big deal because we talked about batting average with runners in scoring position. Because where he but hits the fact in the is order. just because just because the rest of the team sucks doesn't mean Vladdy has to stuck suck right. And again, he has not been. I I expect him to be. I expect him to be as a as a an, an MVP caliber player, I expect him to be among the top 10 players in the game. He's not. Offensively, he's not. You cannot make that case. So I don't have any problem saying that Vladdy's been disappointing. Doesn't mean he's a bum. Doesn't mean he's no good. Doesn't mean you get rid of him. But I'm saying that he, I think he's the major reason this lineup is scuffled the way it has. You can pinpoint other guys too. Brandon Belt, we've talked about that ad nauseum. Matt Chapman, we've talked about that ad nauseum. Alejandro Kirk, I don't know. I'd like to see some power out of him. But 
by and large, Vladdy is the guy that's supposed to be, as Mr. Parker would say, the aircraft carrier in this team. Yeah, okay, I'll give you that. If Vladdy was hitting and hitting a bunch of homers and had 60-plus RBIs going into the All-Star break, they They'd wouldn't have to worry place. about Brent. And also, they wouldn't have to be worrying about Brandon Belt hitting third because Vladdy exactly. would be hitting third. Exactly. Sam and Hamilton. What's up, Sam? Hey, guys. First of all, you know, great to see Vladdy starting hitting home runs. Um, but two things. One, about the Manoa thing. They have nothing in the pro- – if they're not making a trade, if they really can't make a trade, like get like a, you know, call Chicago about a trade or call an Arizona or um, a Colorado about a trade, then they have absolutely nothing in the minor leagues. And two, There's one thing the- they have. I'm just going to jump in. There's one thing they have that we need to keep in mind. They've got ownership that will spend money. They've got ownership that might be willing to either take on a lousy contract or kick in a fair amount of money in a trade. Do not overlook that because that's hugely important. Hugely important in this market. Yeah, anyways, before I get to Romano, I wish they did that last year with Soto. I mean, they could have taken Patrick Corbin's contract. But anyways, um, about Jordan Romano, why is he so good in safe situations and so bad in non-safe situations? I mean, I'll pass it over to Kevin. Thanks. We, we've talked about this. I've seen closers that aren't very good in non-save situations. I don't think the adrenaline's the same, but I don't know, Kevin. I've never closed. I mean, to me, I'd be jacked up regardless whether or not it's a save situation. It's a major league game. It's July 4th. Uh, or, you know, th- this case, it was a save situation. But that game, the game in the weekend against Boston, I know the score is tied, but it's the freaking Boston Red Sox. Your team's lost two games in a row to the Red Sox. You got a big crowd there. You know your team's scuffling in the AL East. Like, if I'm Jordan Romano, that should be all the – that should give me adrenaline. But I, I don't know. It, it's just – it's one of those things you do see it with closers for whatever reason. Uh, Jordan Romano's a different guy when he has a lead than when, than when the score is tied. Yeah, I think the only person that can answer that is probably Jordan Romano. But I, I think sometimes – you look. You maybe overthink that, right? Maybe they just have bad location. They throw a fastball down the middle to a dude. If you don't throw it down the middle, you're probably going to get him out, right? That, that's sort of sometimes with being a closer. Like tonight, is when's the last time you saw him have two sliders? Like one that broke twelve six, and one that he could back foot to a lefty. It's been a while, right? And that would tell you that he's put a real emphasis on. He threw thirteen pitches. He threw eleven sliders. He had eight swing and misses on the slider tonight. Like yeah, that's against, elite stuff. Yeah, so, against 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 the bottom the bottom third of the the lineup. It must be said. Sorry, against five, six, seven, eight, and five, six, and seven. So not the bottom. Don't third be a downer. Lineup. Don't don't be a downer. I'm not like just he, throwing it out you, there. You want you wanted it you there. wanted him to. It's a one run lead on the road. Like I, I, I'm just throwing that. I, I agree, but I'm just throwing that. I mean, out if there. you want to give this, if you want to give the save, save to Eric Swanson because of the miscue in right field by, by George Springer, go ahead. Like you, I'm obviously you can do that. That's that's why I've been yelling and screaming since spring training to say that if you want to make a run in the playoffs, if you do make the playoffs, you need a legit eighth inning guy. You need that guy because normally in the eighth inning, that's when the one two threes roll around in the order, and that's when you need to have nasty coming out of the pen. So, yeah, I'm a class half full guy, Jeff. 416-870-0590, star 591, 888-666-0590. John Schneider was asked about Vladdy Jr. a few minutes ago. This is what he said. I mean, that's an impressive swing off a good pitcher. Um, The pitches he swings at is just telling, you know what I mean? When he's getting the ball 
in the middle of the zone. You know, he can he can do that at any given moment. So um, I think for him, it really just comes down to pitch selection and um, and kind of understanding how he's being pitched. Vladdy in a groove is dangerous. Um, I mean, I think everyone knows that. Um, yeah, he's been in those spots. It seems like quite a bit, and um, you know, he's he's putting together consistent at bats. Um, but if we can get him, you know, Vladdy in a groove, I like that. If we can get that consistently, um, that that would do wonders for our team. That's John Schneider, Kevin Barker. Jeff, do you, do you want to apologize to Brandon Belt right now? No. Who got, who walked in front of him before he hit the homer in the eighth inning? We've said we've said there's one thing Brandon Belt can do. He can draw a walk. Absolutely. That, that's exactly. But pit, pitches the only thing per plate appearance. That's exactly. Well, that's this not is, the we only thing. He's got the, six homers. But I'm, we talked this about is this why he's hitting un, third. Blair and Barker. We talked about yeah. this in Blair and Barker. Of course it is. There's no mystery yeah. why he's hitting third. If he's in your team. If he's in your team, he's going to play. And, you, and, and he's got, he does one thing. He does one thing as a hitter. Sees a lot, two things. Sees a lot of pitches and can draw a walk. All right. Stick him in the number three spot. Maybe he's on base when Vladdy gets hot. You don't want him in the cleanup spot. He's not a run producer. You don't want him in the cleanup spot. You don't want to hit him too far down in the order because I'll tell you what, you've got Alejandro Kirk in the lineup. You want to have a little bit of separation between those two guys because it does scream double play. So... Yeah, that's yeah. We talked about this today. There's no mystery why Brandon Belt is hitting where he is. There's a mystery why Brandon Belt is on this team. There's no mystery why he's hitting where he is in the lineup. That's probably yeah. the best way to put it. For, first time I've ever been around you where I have nothing to add. Four one six eight seven zero zero five ninety. We might as well just end the show now. Star five ninety one triple eight triple six zero five ninety. Brian in Burlington, you want to talk about the trade deadline? It's never too early to talk about the trade deadline. Oh, good to talk to you guys again. Listen, I, um, I w- would you rather go out and get an average guy for the bullpen and maybe a bat, and maybe you can squeeze into the last wild card position, or would you rather make a blockbuster trade, like let's trade Gosman for nope. Jose Ramirez out of Cleveland, because Cleveland isn't even batting for even 500 this year. Cleveland's we wanted in the Jose Central. Ramirez before. They tried everything to get him. Yeah. That would solidify. Okay. He's got a long-term contract. Well, first solidify of solidify your third baseman for next year. Let, let's just – he's got a no-trade clause. That's part of the issue. Secondly, so, he took less money to go to Cleveland. He took – he, 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 he gave them – uh, Jose Ramirez wants to be with the Cleveland Guardians. If he wanted to be with the Blue Jays, he could have forced a trade to Toronto. So, Jose Ramirez wants to be with the Cleveland Guardians. He'd be the perfect player for this team – he ain't coming here. And, and, and trading Kevin Gossman, I mean, I don't even know where to begin with trading Kevin Gossman. Right. I, 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 we need a hitter. We need somebody to protect. Well, who the hell's going to replace Kevin Gossman in the rotation? Like, come on. Well, you, give, give, your, give your head a shake. He's an all-star pitcher. You want to trade Kevin Gossman, one of, the, one of the things this organization has done right. And, I, I mean, yeah, listen, I'd love a fantasy trade. I, I think the Jays should go out. I think they should go out and try to get Pete Alonzo from the Mets, or they should go out and try to get Shohei Otani. But you got to have a little bit of common sense here. Now, as to your question about what you would do at the deadline, I've said, and Barker's on the same page with me, Brian. This team needs to add another bat. It needs to add an, another bat at some point this year or next year because Matt Chapman's not coming back. You got nothing in the farm that's going to come up and be an impactful middle of the order hitter not next year, at some point you are going to have to add an impactful middle-of-the-order bat. 
whether it's via trade or free agency. Now, for me, it's easier to do in the offseason than it is during the trade deadline. But a couple of things have happened here. A couple of things have happened. First of all, today, the Los Angeles Angels, Mike Trout's out for two months possibly. Anthony Rendon left the game tonight on crutches. And Shohei Otani won't pitch in the All-Star game because of a blister. Now, the LA Angels were expected to be a team very active in the trade market because this is their shot to go to the postseason. This is their shot to impress Shohei Otani. If Mike Trout is out for two months, as it looks like he's going to be, and, and, and Anthony Rendon is hurt again, I mean, with all due respect to the Los Angeles Angels, they're not going to the postseason. You're going to have teams. I really believe this. You're going to have teams at the trade deadline. You're going to have teams like the Padres. You're going to have teams like the Mets. You're going to have teams like the Cardinals. There will be impactful players available at the trade deadline because there will be some teams that feel they need to make a change for whatever reason. It hasn't worked for the Mets for a couple of years now. It's not working for the Cardinals. The Padres basically are a tire fire. They hate each other. The clubhouse is toxic. I mean, it is. Everybody knows that. So you've got a, there are a lot of things going on out there that are going to have an impact in the trade market. Never mind, Kevin, something we talked about, right? As bad as the Jays have been lately, they had the third best record in the American League last month. Like, it's not, it's not like the American League is running away from the Blue Jays. It's more like the Blue Jays are just kind of standing in one place with everybody else. So I, I, I'm just saying that in, in terms of a deal, I'd love to see another bat in here. Realistically, Kevin, you're probably looking at a bullpen arm. I'd take a yeah. dude like Joe Kelly in my, my, my bullpen. Sure. Depends on what it costs you, right? He's been around yeah, forever. Yeah, but I mean, it's so not, it's not going to. Well, it's not yeah. going to cost you much. Shouldn't. It's not going to cost you much of anything. I'd take Joe Lance, Kelly. Lance Land would be a nice little mix, right? Could throw that yeah, in there. Maybe try like and get that. that. An older but, guy who can add, subtract, maybe give you some quality outs. But, Kevin, I think we are on the same page. At some point, they do have to add a, another bat. I agree with the well, that. Luis Roberts Jr. guy playing for center field for the White Sox. That'd be a nice little ad, right? He's right hand. He's got tons of power. We had Alex Anthopoulos on today, and he's talking about you got to line your lineup with a bunch of dudes who can hit the ball out of the yard. Works in the playoffs. It's going to work in the regular season. That's how you win a bunch of games. And that, that for me, I think is where – the Blue Jays need to head head in that right direction, right? Is trying out Homer, everybody, and right now they're just not doing that. So, yeah, I'm with you. Perfect scenario, right? You add another arm somewhere, whether it's an eighth inning guy, whether it's one of those fourth or fifth starters, not going to cost you a ton, can give you five innings better than what you don't have, which is nothing at the minor league level that can come up and give you that. And if you can add an impactful bat, maybe a guy, an on-base guy, who can get on base in front of the big boys, maybe Vladdy's turning the corner, maybe Matt Chapman, you know, the more he walks, could see the ball better, timing gets better, catch things out front. Maybe he can start hitting some more home runs. Maybe the bottom of the order. Kirky, dare I say, would catch fire. He's hitting the ball in the air at least. So that's a that's a step in the right direction. I'm with you. It'll perfect scenario, you get both. But both probably not what we're going to see. And I would bet if you're a Jays fan, don't get your hopes up. I think that's too, is it sort of right? It's just not going to be Juan Soto coming in here. It'll be somebody that, you know, is going to just be, not hurt be your a nice, team. It'll be, it's not going to hurt a, your team, guy. 
you know, you know, it'll be an ad like some of the ads Alex made, Eddie Rosario or Adam Duval or guys like that. It'll be a, it'll be somebody who hopefully gives you something you don't have. The difference is they, that's the final piece they needed. The Jays need an impact piece. Big difference. Yeah, but you may not be able to get that impact piece. So if you can't get that impact, if you can't get that impact piece, bring somebody in that gives you something you don't have. There you go. Maybe somebody who doesn't run away and hide from a high pitch, you know, from a high strike fastball up. Hitting 98 at the belt ain't easy, Jeff. We've talked all year about how this team does not like does not like fastballs yeah. up in the zone. Might I think that's a, I, that does. I think that's a lot of dudes. I just think it's the ball that you get earlier in a count that's in your zone that you are either over swinging, heads not on the ball, you're not in an athletic position. Those are the ones that make you scratch your head. 4-3, the Jays have taken the first of this three-game series against the Chicago White Sox. We'll take a break, come back, take a look around the AL East. It's Blue Jays talk on Sportsnet 590, the fan, and the Sportsnet radio network. Uh, I don't even think close to our potential. Um, I, I think we've pitched at times really good. I think we've hit at times really good, but I think we, we've haven't even come close to putting it all together um, for a number of reasons. But overall, it's just... Um, I think everyone's healthy. Um, we're about to get more guys back healthy. Um, we've obviously survived having a, a rotation that's a little little down. Um, so yeah, I think um, I think by far the best baseball we have is to come. Not even close. That's Chris Bassett. All I can say is I hope he's right. Well, the pitching's been good. Pitching's been fine. This Absolutely. is not. This is not. Whatever ails this team, and we can sit and whine and complain about different parts of the bullpen, but whatever ails this team, it's not in the pitching. Whatever ails this team is solely 100% on the Blue Jays' lineup. Absolutely. Time now for the Major League Standings Watch presented by Bet365. You can download the Bet365 app and check out the latest odds for today's baseball games, 19-plus play responsibly, Ontario only. A good day in the American League East for the Blue Jays. It is the 4th of July in the United States. Happy 4th to our American friends. Thank you, buddy. I appreciate that. I, well, I appreciate that. <laughs> the Philadelphia Phillies beat Tampa Bay 3-1. The Texas Rangers beat Boston 6-2. And the Yankees beat the Orioles 8-4. I don't know if that necessarily is a positive or a minus for the Blue Jays. But as a result of those games, the Rays, they're 57-31. They are leading the AL East by six games. Baltimore's 49-35. The Yankees, 48-38. Toronto, 46-40. The Red Sox, three back of the Jays. They are 43-43, playing 500 baseball. And we've talked about this a lot. The Jays are more or less done with the East. Their record is 7-20 and 20 against the East so far. All these guys can do, if you're the Jays, just win series. Just keep winning series. Keep winning series. Don't pay attention to the scoreboard. You're two out of the wild card now. I will say this. If you can kind of maintain that position going into those final 15 games of the year when you're playing teams in the AL East, then you've got it all in front of you. Because at some yeah. point, you're going to have to beat the teams in the AL East to get into the wild card spot. And and here's the thing. If I'm the Blue Jays, I don't want to just get into the wild card spot. I started this year thinking I could win the division. 
I'm not going to be satisfied getting a wild card spot. I want to be a home team in the wild card. So, uh, but that's 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 where we are. Uh, and if you mentioned if you missed it a little earlier, uh, a reminder that Mike Trout of the Angels has gone on the IL with a hamate injury, and uh, he will be gone. They're saying four to eight weeks. Split the difference. Let's make it six. Add on another week, just for giggles. Let's say it's seven weeks that they're without Mike Trout. Um, and uh, Shohei Otani left to start tonight with a blister, which is already uh, on a hand that has already been bothered by a split fingernail. And Anthony Rendon hurt himself, which, I mean, if you're the Angels, happy fourth, stay hot. Uh, John Schneider was talked about the bullpen usage today, in particular Eric Swanson. You know, I think Swanee coming in and leaving the runner at third there, that was outstanding. You know, that's not, that's not easy to do. And, um, and I thought Nate was really good, too. But um, momentum definitely shifted both ways really quickly tonight for, for us and for them. I mean, you trust the guys, obviously. You know, it's a weird play down the right field line with George. And, you know, you get the, the middle of their order coming up, and you're like, all right, you got you to gotta bear down here. But I think, you know, we've put Swanee in that position, you know, enough times this year uh, to where he's kind of used to that. So um, just big pitches, you know, against really good hitters by him. Yeah, Kevin, we want, I want to talk about Whit Merrifield's at bat, but also want to talk about Eric Swanson because, I mean, when Eric Swanson came in the game, the TV, the graphics are, are gruesome in his last 20, 20 appearances. He's got an ERA of 540. Teams are hitting something like 461 off him, some, some ungodly numbers slugging 461 off him. Anytime a team's doing 461 off you, whatever it is, it ain't good. Um, but, uh, you know, George Springer... Doesn't come up with that ball down the right field line. Um, I'm in the camp that has to be called. I don't know about you. I'm you're, in the you're camp. A really good right fielder in the eighth inning catch the ball. Now he did earlier in the game have a ball down the line into the netting that that ricocheted and kind of kissed him in the face. I it didn't look to me like it was necessarily uh, anything serious. I, I wondered about that, but Kevin, you're right. He's got to make that play. And one thing you can't do is you can't sit in your ass over and. Uh, against the mesh while the ball is still in play. And I don't know. I, I tend to think because of, of Anderson's speed, he would have been to third. But it, George basically gave him an easy pass to third base doing that. Luckily, Eric Swanson uh, comes in and, you know, and, and gets the job done. And we talked about this in Blair and Barker, man. I, I, I don't know if there's a guy in this team, Kevin, who needs the all-star break more than, than Eric <laughs> Swanson does because he's been, he, he's been abused. Yeah, well, he's an eighth inning guy who needs to locate. He ain't going to stuff you to death, right? He don't throw hard enough to stuff you to death, right? You can almost let the split finger travel more, right? It's 93-94, that kind of mm -hmm. thing. It's not 97-98. That's the difference, right? 97-98, I got to catch that out front a little bit more. I'm going to chase the split finger. The split finger, for whatever reason, he's not – you know, having the best release point on it, it's not breaking the way he wants it to break. He has to locate it better, maybe because he's being abused. I mean, it sort of have to. It's the little turn when he lifts his leg, needs to be on par. It hasn't been. He threw eight pitches to Roberts Jr. and Jimenez. He threw seven split fingers. Good for him. He got it out after a, a position player didn't make a play they were supposed to. 416-870-0590, star 591, 888-666-0590. We've still got time for a couple of calls. Two things I want to talk about tonight, Kevin. One, Bo Bichette's defense. Uh, Dan referred to this during the telecast. Um, I know the next time Bo makes an error, 
we're going to have people calling up and saying he can't be a shortstop on a uh, on a on a championship team. I mean, I don't know what else the guy has to show you. Okay, here's the difference for me. I'm going to give it to you. This is how I feel about Bo Bichette's defense because he's an elite offensive player and now because he has a a really good pre-pitch setup, right? You can see it whenever the camera's uh, on him before the ball's actually hit. He's got a little bounce to step. you got to have that. Mm-hmm. The timing of that's on par. That will get him going momentum-wise one way or the other, which allows him to see the ball in the mitt. Sounds easy. Baseball 101, that's sort of what Bo's had the issue with. Take the ball out of the glove, throw it where it needs to go that's a big thing the anderson ball played him that's Mm -hmm. the elite stuff that will take you to the next level come and get it he laid back he let the ball play him that should be a double play from a really good shortstop now all of a sudden because he has a good pre-pitch setup you start talking to him in the conversation like he's a good shortstop Those balls that are hit 89 miles an hour, which everybody loves to talk about, the in-between hop, those balls have to be made from a really good shortstop. That's the way I'm going to start talking about Bo Bichette. There. Whit Merrifield, this team has not been able to hit with runners in scoring position for much of the year. Whit Merrifield comes up tonight. The base is loaded. Dalton Varshall strikes out. Whit Merrifield comes up, first pitch swinging, doubles in a couple of runs. You noticed something about that at bat right away you wanted to talk about, and I want to give you a chance to talk about it right now. Whit Merrifield, yeah. by the way, going to the All-Star game. Well, two-hit wit. There's a reason why his nickname's two-hit wit, because he's a thinker. He is a very smart hitter, and he saw two of the three right-handed hitters in front of him got a first pitch slider. With the bases loaded and you're walking up and you're not a run producer, you got to have some edu- good educated mm-hmm. guessing sometimes. What are you going to look for? I know what I'd look for. I'd look for a slider right down the middle. What'd he look for? What'd he get? He gets it. He doesn't miss it. You can tell he's looking for it. He had the athletic position. He had enough little paws that will tell you he's sitting spin early because he saw two of the three buddies that are right-handed in front of him get first pitch sliders. Jeff, that's called a everyday Big league hitter. That's how you're supposed to do it. It's fun to watch. 4-3, the Blue Jays have beaten the Chicago White Sox. Chris Bassett got the start. Six innings pitched. Six hits, three earned runs, five strikeouts, one walk. Nate Pearson got the win. Um, I think we've now come to the conclusion with Nate Pearson, have we not, that really going forward, the plan with John Schneider is to use Nate Pearson every other day. Nate Pearson, I don't think right now you can use him back-to-back days. I mean, I, I, I understand, you know, the arm is enticing, all of that stuff, Kevin. I just think that Nate Pearson is a guy, it's not, he's not, he's not in the, uh, he's not in the group that the manager doesn't have confidence in. He's not in the group the manager has total confidence in. He's the group the manager kind of thinks he has confidence in, provided he's been off for a day or two. That's a situation that the Jays are going to have to manage. If you can get, and we've talked about Chad Green, if you can get another arm, another bullpen arm in here, Kevin, I think you can, Nate Pearson can be, can fill a really good role, understanding that you're not going to be able to run him out there at three days in a row or two days in a row. Yeah, I think that may happen, but I don't think it's going to happen this year. Well, I think it's probably going to happen if they if they don't have any other options, right? I, that, I think that's what the 
comes down to. Look, look, I think he's a reverse splits guy, right? Because of the elevated power that he can throw. Lefties have a tough time because they have a natural uppercut. That's sort of the mix. But you saw tonight, one run lead, bottom of the order. Like it's that's sort that's sort of what he's getting, right? Yep. You gotta make sure pockets. John Snyder, Pete Walker always talk about pockets. They talk about pockets till they're blue in the face. That is you seeing it line up now. This late in the season when they need wins, they need 44 more of them to get to 90, and then the rest of those are gravy. To get the 44, you got to have really good pockets where certain guys, Nate Pearson's one of those guys. The problem, though, is that when you're playing really good teams, those pockets sometimes can be deadly. All right. This is this is this was a good situation for 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 uh, uh, for Pearson. I get your point, but I still think you have to be careful with them. If you're yeah, the blue I do. Case. I'm a thousand. That's what I just said. Pockets, bottom of the order, le, two lefties and a righty, like the elevated four seamer. Like I'm with you. Don't pitch him back to back days. Hope Chad Green gets back sooner than later. And now you got a plethora of dudes down there with power that you can go to and you can match up when you want to match up the way you want to match up. Four three, the Blue Jays win a July fourth series opener at Guaranteed Rate Field in Chicago. Game two of that series goes tomorrow night. 8-10, first pitch on Sportsnet 590, the fan at Sportsnet. Mr. Barker and myself will be back following that game. And we'll also be on Sportsnet 590, the fan, Sportsnet 360, and Sportsnet from 5 to 7 Eastern with Blair and Barker. Thank you for listening to Blue Jays Baseball, brought to you by Crown Rust Protection. Now that summer has arrived, it's road trip season. Make sure your vehicle is protected from rust with Crown. Visit crown.com for a special summer offer today. Crown, Canada's number one rust protection.